Welcome to Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, a new podcast series with the best health expertise in Bermuda. Thank you for listening. In this episode, we're asking everything there is to ask about CBDs and speaking with some of the expert pharmacists at the Phoenix stores, Sean Bowen, Christopher Cairns, and Jessica Obermars. Ladies and gentlemen, kindly introduce yourselves. Hi, good day, everybody. My name is Sean Bowen, and I'm the chief pharmacist at the Phoenix stores. Hi, I'm Jessica Obermars, and I'm one of the pharmacists at Collector's Hill Apothecary. And I'm Chris Cairns, pharmacist manager out at Oric Pharmacy. Well, we have a good team here by the sound of it. Let's get right into this because this is kind of a hot topic. There's a lot of misinformation and confusion out there. Sean, you're the first one up. What is CBD? So CBD is actually short for cannabidiol, which is one of, a, one of a numerous unique compounds found in the hemp plant known as cannabinoids. Over recent years, CBD has been making a name for itself. It's been the subject of many clinical studies for its health properties, but has only recently become widely available. Decades of research indicate that that cannabinoids like CBD interact with the body's endocannabinoid system, which is a complex system which contributes to a variety of biological processes like inflammation responses, relaxation, sleeping and appetite. Um, The endocannabinoid system is responsible for regulating balance in our body's immune response, communication between cells, appetite and metabolism, um, and memory and many more things. Uh, The discovery of cannabinoid receptors took place only very recently and there is still ongoing research as to its role and effects on the body. Well, I'm glad I'm speaking to a professional here because I don't think I could even pronounce that word well enough as you did. Now, most people have heard about THC. Can you explain what that is a little bit differently? Yeah, sure. So THC is better known as tetrahydrocannabinol, quite a mouthful, which is another cannabinoid found in the hemp plant. And it's the chemical that makes you feel high and it's the principal psychoactive constituent of cannabis. Um, It was found that when smoked, um, THC is absorbed into the bloodstream and travels to the brain, attaching itself to the naturally occurring endocannabinoid receptors located in the cerebral cortex, the cerebellum and the basal ganglia. These are all areas of the brain. These are the parts of the brain that are responsible for thinking, memory, pleasure, coordination and movement. Uh, Common effects of THC are an increased heart rate, coordination problems, dry mouth, red eyes, anxiety, memory loss, an increase in appetite, slower reaction times, as well as altered senses and possibly hallucinations. John, continue here. Explain something to me, because this might be one of those common misconceptions. Does CBD and marijuana come from the same cannabis plant then? So, yeah, so hemp and marijuana are actually both members of the same plant species, which is cannabis sativa L. Um, 
Cannabis sativa L contains a wide spectrum of cannabinoid concentrations, including wide-ranging compositions of THC and CBD. Still, there are many practical differences between hemp and marijuana, and clear, clear lines can be drawn between the two. Basically, hemp plants generally contain more CBD, and cannabis plants contain more THC. That's the compound that causes the high. Um, that people associate with far more CBD and almost no THC, which is the compound that creates the high. Sean, not that I'm tired of hearing from you, but let's bring Chris in on the next one. So do CBD products contain THC at all then? Well, it all depends on the product. Um, some commercially available CBD products do contain THC, while others are completely free. Uh, the THC-free products are generally marked accordingly on the label. Do you have any doubts at all? It's always best to ask the pharmacist while you're in there purchasing your products. Um, under Bermuda law, registered pharmacies can import CBD products as long as they have a maximum concentration of THC of 1%. Um, so I would say off the top of my head, about half the products do contain THC in terms of the ones that we stock. And the whole reasoning behind this is that just that little bit of THC um, is potentially enough to cause what's known as the entourage effect, which is still being studied. But basically, the idea is that little bit of THC could actually make the CBD work better. So you might get a little bit more benefit from the product if it does contain a little bit of THC. And it's not necessarily the THC itself that's having an effect. It almost boosts the effect of, of the CBD, which is what we're looking for. So CBD, will it get me high then? No, I can't get you high. So although some of the products do contain THC, which is the, the part that Sean mentioned that can get you high, um, by Bermuda law, everything has to be below 1% THC. Therefore, obviously, CBD does not make you high. So THC-free CBD products, you're good to go even though ones that do have THC in them, they're in such low concentrations that you're not gonna get any of those high effects. Um, just to put it in perspective for you, the average commercially available, you know, pot, weed, marijuana, that sort of thing that someone would use for recreational purposes, it, it contains about 20% THC. And the maximum products that we're gonna bring in and use by law is 1% THC. That's very interesting. That's good to know. Had no idea about that at all. Very cool. Uh, Chris, uh, continue explaining the difference then between hemp and marijuana, please. Well, Sean, Sean already kind of touched on the fact that they do come from the same plant. So the question is, well, where's the delineation and where's the differentiation, right? Right, right, exactly. Between hemp and between marijuana. And society's kind of made that differentiation themselves, you know, um, basically when they're talking about the negative properties or the negative connotations with the plant, they'll refer to it as marijuana. And when they're talking about its beneficial uses, then all of a sudden it's a hemp plant. But again, <laughs> as Sean mentioned, it is the exact same plant. Um, law in some jurisdictions, legally, they've made a difference between the two. And parts of that plant that contain more than a certain amount of THC would then be classified by law as marijuana. And if parts of the plant that contain less than that amount of THC, um, those would be called hemp, which is a little bit interesting. I mean, the US uses a cutoff point of 0.3%. Um, and, and that was based on a, a, a book from a scientist in the 70s. And he himself admitted it was a bit of an arbitrary cutoff point, but it's the one they still use to this day. Um, and it seems that in Bermuda, we're going with a 1% cutoff. 
Um, but the, the plant itself is very beneficial, has a huge number of uses in textiles and clothing, in paper products, in biodegradable plastic substitutes, in rope, um, many other uses. And it's an ideal plant because it's one of the fastest growing plants on earth, can grow in a wide range of climates. It only requires small amounts of water, does not require pesticides, and requires minimal, if any, fertilizer. Learn something new every day. I did not know that. You know, you see these things out there, but it's kind of hard to know the difference without getting this information. So thank you for sharing. Jessica, let's bring you in on this. Are all CBDs legal then? So as Chris kind of mentioned um, already, so our cannabinoid products that have less than 1% THC, those are the ones that can be legally sold behind the counter in pharmacies in Bermuda. So anything with above that 1% cutoff is not permitted by law. Um, so remember that THC is the component that causes the psychoactive effects or the high. So CBD products that contain less than 1%, they really don't have any risk of addiction or abuse. And because of that, um, diversion for recreational purposes is not really a, a concern. So in November of 2017, that's when um, these CBD containing products, they were reclassified as an over-the-counter medication rather than a controlled substance. So this kind of eliminated the unnecessary burden of processing applications and removed any access barriers um, based on the low risk, level of risk of these products. So just to throw some more terminology around, Jess, can you explain the difference between CBDs that are full spectrum and isolate CBDs, please? Yeah, sure. So basically full spectrum CBD, CBD products, they contain small amounts of other cannabinoids. So like THC, as well as other compounds called flavonoids or terpenes, these are also found in the cannabis plant. So some theories suggest that when CBD is taken with these other compounds, it may be more effective. Um, so this is the theory that Chris mentioned earlier called the entourage effect, but this requires a lot more study really to know more, but that's kind of the hypothesis at this point. Um, so CBD isolate products, these go th through like further refining. So they only contain CBD. And because of the extra processing, the isolate products actually usually have less taste and less odor. So some people that are kind of sensitive to that part prefer like the isolate products. Okay. Yeah. Um, but research is kind of ongoing about what specific types of products best treat different conditions. So like, for example, there is small studies that suggest that full spectrum CBD might be more effective than the CBD isolate for pain. I see that makes sense. It's kind of like the wheat germ and everything kind of all of them there working together versus one part of it then. Yeah, okay, exactly. that makes sense. Sean, bring it back in. Are there any side effects at all to taking CBD and C CBD products, please? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so the use of CBD does carry some risks, although generally it is very well tolerated. Um, it does have some side effects and these can include nausea, fatigue, drowsiness, an irritability, a dry mouth, it can also lower blood pressure. Uh, CBD can also increase the level of blood thinning drugs and other medicines in the body um, by competing for the liver enzymes that break down these drugs. Um, grapefruit juice has a similar effect to certain medicines, uh, but usually these interactions are only seen at, in high doses of CBD use, but really it's always good to talk to your healthcare professional regarding possible side effects if you are considering um, adding CBD into your medicine regime. But generally they are well tolerated. 
talk to the experts because who knew that grapefruit juice would have a similar effect? It's very interesting. Uh, Chris, here's a question that I'm sure uh, not that many members of the public will want to know, but for those who do, will CBD products show up on a drug test? Insert drum roll here. Well, you'd be surprised actually how often we get that question. Um, and I think there is a lot of jobs on island that are, you know, doing drug screening, whether it be for um, certain sense of employment um, or maybe government jobs. Yes. Uh, so before, whenever we talked about how some of these products have THC in it and others don't, if it is somebody who is getting drug tested, we definitely recommend they go with a CBD uh, THC free product. Um, and the reason is, is that when they're doing this drug screening process, what they're looking for for recreational drug use is they're looking for THC in the bloodstream. Well, that could be recreational use or it could be, unfortunately, you were taking a, a CBD product that had THC in it. So I always recommend stick with pure CBD only. And again, when in doubt, just ask your pharmacist to make sure you're getting the right product that's not going to show up on any drug test. If I was interested in taking uh, some sort of CBD product, how would I administer it? Well, we have just about every dosage form available you can imagine. Um, it's administered usually orally or applied directly onto the skin. Um, so I'll start with you know applying it to the skin. Uh, it's usually if you have pain in a given area. So for example, you know your knees acting up. You apply it to that area, it gets absorbed, and it does its effect in that one joint. Dosage forms that are rubbed onto the skin include rubs, salves, roll-ons, and patches that can be applied. Orally is the main route we see, and it's absorbed into the bloodstream that way, taking it orally and dispersed throughout the body. So some examples of how people take it orally is we have capsules, tablets, oral tinctures, and gummy bears. In terms of selecting a product, if you have pain in one individual joint and you don't want to go through the process of taking it orally, by all means, you can start with a rub-on product and go that route by applying it directly to the skin. However, for those who have pain in multiple areas or those who are using it for other potential reasons or indications, um, they would go best be served by taking it orally. Uh, generally, when people do take it orally, we recommend starting off with the oral tinctures. And the reason is, is it enables you to totally customize the exact dose you want. Um, you can give as much, measure up as much or as little of the oral suspension and uh, take that versus if you were doing another dosage form, for example, a capsule or a tablet, you have to choose, do I take one? Do I take two? So it doesn't allow you to really customize it. And like with any medication or supplement that we take, we always recommend people take the lowest dose that's going to be effective for them. Right. So it really allows them to, to, to dial it in. Um, now, when we are taking it orally, we recommend people put the dose underneath their tongue for about a minute or a minute and a half. Just let it sit there because we'll get some absorption in the blood vessels in the mouth, in the cheeks and underneath the tongue. And that way it can hit the bloodstream and work a little bit uh, more effective. And then they swallow whatever doesn't get absorbed. And uh, one common misconception we see with the CBD related products is people are expecting benefits right away. And some may get them, but we've seen as much as two weeks and sometimes as much as a month for it to really kick in and do its thing. So always make sure to advise people of that when we're dispensing the products to them, um, just to let them know, hey, when you're starting the product, just truly give it the time to kick in before you reassess how it's working for you. And if you do decide to make a dosage change and increase the dose, just be aware it's going to be a delayed effect before you see the benefit of that increased dose as well. That makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. 
So it seems that CBDs can be very useful. Is that the only reason why they're popular? Jess, fire away, take that one. Well, I think the use of marijuana and its related compounds has been a hot topic for years. And I think this is really because people want to be able to achieve the proclaimed benefits of cannabis without really feeling the high effects of it. Um, a big draw for many people is that it's thought of as a natural product, um, especially for people that are seeking an alternative to traditional medicine. People kind of self-treat conditions such as like insomnia, nerve pain, anxiety, that kind of thing with CBD. And many of these conditions don't really have great conventional treatment options, or they may be treated with prescription options that have unfavorable side effects that are not tolerated. So they're kind of looking for something different. So I think it's also quite popular because of this and because it's so accessible that you can access it um, without a prescription. Like you mentioned earlier, this is more kind of a recent thing and it is a bit of a hot topic. So there might not be that much research or study about this, but what uh, symptoms or conditions will CBDs treat? Well, despite, like you said, the large hype around it, there's actually a lot um, of things that are still unknown about the product. So there's a number of trials of variable quality kind of investigating the use of cannabis and CBD for difficult, like different medical purposes, but there's still a lack of robust evidence to know anything really for sure. So there is a few indications that we have good evidence for, and this includes like pediatric seizure disorders, some symptoms of MS, and there are some positive trials for neuropathic pain. Okay. Um, but other proclaimed uses for cannabinoids like anxiety, sleep, pain, arthritis, um, nausea, mm -hmm. Tourette's, and the list goes on. Um, most of this is just small studies or anecdotal evidence. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't work for these conditions. It mm -hmm. just means we don't have the large body of evidence to know much for sure. Um, for like example, the most effective dose that you would take for each of those uh, specific conditions. Makes sense. So if you do decide to start a CBD-based products, we recommend that you consult your doctor or your pharmacist. Um, like Chris said before, start low, go slow, um, and make sure that you don't stop any prescription treatment options when you're using this as an alternative without consulting somebody first. Sean, I'd like to pull you back into this in the short of it then. If I'm at all interested in CBDs, how can I find out more information and to see if it can help me or not? Well, I think really just um, chat with your pharmacist, um, obviously, or your doctor. I mean, pharmacists are more accessible. You don't have to make an appointment. We're open, you know, extended hours. We're, we're pretty accessible. You can come in and have a little chat to us. Um, you know, all of our pharmacists are, are well um, sort of versed in in CBD and the products and the uses we're more than happy to start walking people through the, the various options that are available um, you know and sit down and and really just uh, go through it with them we've also got some leaflets and literature of some of the products that we sell that we can actually hand to people so sometimes we see that people come in they want to know more about CBD they've heard about it We'll talk to them, we'll show them what options we have. Um, sometimes they don't always um, go away with a purchase um, of the CBD, but we'll give them a leaflet, some info. Uh, they can go away, have a little read, uh, and then come back possibly with some more questions before deciding to uh, uh, pick up a product. Um, we always encourage people as well to come back and tell us how they got on with it because you know obviously we, we're concerned that you know we want to make sure that they're getting the right product and then it's working for them. Um, so, yeah, I would say always come in, chat with your pharmacist, um, you know, as well, if you're on any prescription medicines, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it isn't totally without risk. Um, 
it, it, it does get metabolized through the liver and, 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 you know, there are some prescription meds that, you know, could be affected by its uses. So really important to come in and have a good chat with us about it. Sean, Jessica, and Chris, I thank you for joining us and sharing such valuable information. I know a lot of people wanted to know more about this, and I hope that it's cleared up a lot of things for folk who are interested in CBDs and uh, how it can possibly help them. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. This episode of Best Health has been sponsored by The Phoenix Store, where your health is our priority for a better life. You have been listening to Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, a new podcast series with the best health expertise in Bermuda. Thank you for listening.